0: The first reading is from the 51st chapter of Isaiah, beginning at verse 4. Listen to me, my people, and give heed to me, my nations, for a teaching will go out from me and my justice for a light to the peoples. I will bring near my deliverance swiftly. My salvation has gone out, and my arms will rule the peoples. The coastlands wait for me, and for my arm they hope." Lift up your eyes to the heavens and look at the earth beneath, for the heavens will vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and those who live on it will die like gnats. Here ends the reading. The psalmody is Psalm 93. The Lord is kinged. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed. He is girded with strength. He has established the world. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roarings. For majestic than the thunders of mighty waters, more majestic than the waves of the sea, majestic on high is the Lord. Your decrees are very sure. Holiness benefits your house, O Lord, forevermore. The second reading is from Jude, verses 20 to 25. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith, pray in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life, and have mercy on some who are wavering, save others by snatching them out of the fire, and have mercy on still others with fear, hating even the tunic defiled by their bodies. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling, and to make you stand without blemish in the presence of his glory with rejoicing, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, authority, before all times, and now for and forever. Amen. Here ends the reading. The Holy Gospel is from Mark, the 13th chapter. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands a doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep. When he comes suddenly, and what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. This ends the Gospel.
1: So in the gospel lesson today, we picked up in chapter 13 in Mark's gospel. Well, we start off in Mark 13 uh, last week. What we remember in this is that on this is the last week. These are the last days of his life. Um, before his crucifixion so on monday he enters the city he's the king and they announce his arrival on tuesday he's in the temple and he's cleansing the temple and and getting it ready on wednesday with the cleansed temple he spends the whole day wednesday teaching and preaching to the people he's telling them the truth the truth is now in the temple of god in a clean restored way beautiful now at the end of that wednesday is when we're getting to the day's lesson as they're leaving the city um that evening towards bethany they're now on the, on the top of the hill and he's been asked a question because as he was leaving last week, they said, he said, these stones are going to come down. They're looking at the magnificence of the buildings. Um, he said, yeah, well, these stones are coming down. Nothing's going to be left. And they asked him when and his answer that we continue in this chapter 13 is actually the longest answer Jesus gives to any question, or any person in the scriptures. He spends a lot of time on this topic. For their sake. He's preparing what we remembered last week, he's preparing them for their mission that's soon to start. After three years of being disciples, after three years of watching everything he's done and said and been for the world, it's coming really close where they're going to move from being disciples, the, the learners, the slaves, the students, and the followers, to now being apostles, the matured ones to go out there and let the world know the truth. But not yet. He's got some teaching. And that's where we're at today. Um, the words were not easy to hear. As he's telling the, the, the disciples, he's not saying, hey, when you go out there, people are going to love you. They're going to love the words I got to say. When you, when you correct them and show them heaven's way, they're going to say, oh, at last, someone told me the truth. And repent and, and confess and just come wholly back to God. Folks, that's not going to happen. They're going to wage war against you, disciples. They're going to arrest you. They're going to betray you. They're going to persecute you. They're going to hate you the same way they don't like me. They don't want the truth. They want their truth. They don't want my truth. And oh, by the way, after you're arrested and persecuted, there's going to be bad things. There's going to be famines and storms and earthquakes and fires. There's going to be wars like never before. It's actually going to get worse and worse and worse. That's not a good story. That doesn't sell very well. That's not a popular message. In fact, I've been struggling with it for the last two weeks. We're looking at chapter 13. It's kind of doom and gloom with the exception of some good news. Jesus. Jesus. So in this chapter 13... Before these apostles, last week we also mentioned uh, the SEER ter- uh, training, the, uh, the survival and evasion and, and school for the Green Berets before they, they become Green Berets. The last training in McCaw, um, North Carolina. And um, how they go through very hard training and they're very, they suffer a lot, but it's for reason and purpose. Cause, because if they're trained well, the more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in the battle there's an old line right and so for them he was having them sweat in the training so they'd be strong in the battle and so as we carry that into this week it's the next part of the lesson in chapter 13 for the disciples like soldiers they're being prepared he's preparing his friends his disciples as they go out into the world and it will not be easy in fact when we look around the world around us it doesn't seem to be getting easier just about anything I read and watch, it's not getting easier, right? So with that in mind, we come into today. When you, if you brought Bibles today, great. Open them up because I want you to underline some things. If you didn't, write down a couple of things in your bulletins when you get home. Underline these in, in your Bibles. When you get home, I want you to underline verses 26 to 27. Because in the midst of all the famines and the wars and the turbulence and all this other stuff going on, this is something to absolutely cling on to with both fists. Verses 26 and 27. Okay, these are the words. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory and He will send His angels to gather His elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. That's verses 26 and 27. God is coming and He's coming in power and He's going to gather those who love Him in. And the next thing you underline is then in verse 31 couple verses later heaven and earth will pass away but my words my words will never pass away you get into chapter 13 underline those verses now the question for us is if his words aren't going to pass away if the only thing in this creation that's going to last because obviously my body's getting older and my body's going to go back to the dirt I've watched these trees grow leaves in the spring, and now the leaves are back gone. There is a cycle to this world, and it's just the way it is. So even though all of this stuff is going to come and it's going to go, Jesus' words will not. So if we're going to hold on to something, we need to hold on to that. So what is that? What are His words? What are the things that we cling to? And why? Why? I was thinking about an example. We're going to get to those words in a moment. But an example. What is an example in this world of someone who's clinging to a hope and to a promise that I could share with us, I would share with myself so that we would have an example? And the example that came um, happened well, about 19 years ago when Joshua, this guy back here, was probably just a couple of months old. He was born in October. We're in November. So yeah, not even two months old. Well, I was in a first call to serve a church. My very first churches were Two Point Parish in Kansas, just above K-State uh, K- University's Manhattan, Kansas. Wolfsburg and Wallsburg Lutheran churches. Beautiful little Swedish folks in the in the hills of Kansas. Great place. Every couple of weeks, we would go from the hills there and we'd go into Manhattan to go grocery shopping and to just supply up for diapers and whatever else we needed. Well, one Friday afternoon, we drove to town to do our shopping when our, probably about five-year-old at this time, when our very young oldest son, Jeffrey, and our baby, baby newborn, Joshua, couldn't shop any longer. They were done shopping. Um, We decided that we would go over to Nanette's work to show off our baby boy and Jeffrey to her coworkers. So she was working at the regional hospital there in Manhattan, Kansas, and she was working on the psychiatric unit. They had a whole wing, a whole slew of beds on both sides and, and space to take care of folks. So while, while we get there, we go through the check one, we get inside, and we're, she's visiting with some of her coworkers And while her co-workers are, you know, oohing and aahing over little baby Joshua and Jeffrey and talking with her about whatever they're talking about, um, I'm watching a, 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 a patient, a woman, And she has both physical um, challenges going on with the way her legs are functioning, her hands are functioning, but she's also having some mental stuff going on. If it's an illness or disease, I don't know, but she was there and she needed help. She was a new arrival as a patient. You you can kind of tell that they were trying to figure her out because once once you're there for a little while, they kind of get a sense of what to expect, but when you're first new, they're a little bit apprehensive because patients can sometimes hurt you. In their illnesses, they might see you as something that's, and so it's 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 apprehensive time. So they're a little bit nervous about this lady, and so they're watching her. And to the pleis- displeasure of the workers that were still there, because they all weren't around in the, the baby talking. There was some of them, they would take turns. To the blessed displeasure of some of the ones working there. This lady refused to go back to her room. She kept making her way towards the nurse's station. She was coming down the hall towards the nurse's station and they're trying to ask her to go back to her room. It's time to rest. It's getting late. You know, we've had our food. It's time. And she wouldn't. She refused to go to her room to simply lie down and go to bed. She refused to make their life that easy. Instead, she insisted on moving to the nurse's station. She was limping, kind of like dragging her body along towards the, the counter, of this nervous station. And she was doing so determined because she was expecting a phone call. The call was going to come from her mother. And I could tell by the reactions of the staff because there's a lot of people that imagine all kinds of things that they're going to be talking to President Trump in just about three minutes or President, you know, Lincoln. You know, I don't know. A lot of things happened there. So I could tell that they just, they suspected that this activity was true and that that it just wasn't a result of an illness or something, right? Still, she made it toward the counter. And with great supervision, she was standing there. Nanette and her friends are talking here. They're kind of taking turns, going back and forth. And this lady stands at the counter. Five minutes go by. They're visiting and talking. Ten minutes go by. Maybe even 15 minutes. It was a while. And she's just standing there. The staff clearly by now thought that she was waiting for Nothing. Time and time again, they asked her to let, their, let them help her to the room. So there she could just rest. They were hoping that she would just go to a room and just lie down. I watched from a distance, almost embarrassed to look at this misshaped and mentally suffering woman. It was like a beautiful soul was trapped inside of this poorly functioning diseased body. And I was wondering, and it happens, I was wondering what it would be like if I was that person. What would it be like if God put my soul into her body? How would, what would that life be like? To have to live with that crippling disease and to live with that illness and to live within that family system in her world. What would it be like if we swapped, if only for a day? In spite of all the staff opposition, to her standing there in spite of all the doubting of the ones that are watching this in spite of the pressure for this lady to let go of that idea and just go to your room and rest she would not she waited at that counter And you know what at eight o'clock her mom called she called the hospital, she got forwarded to that unit, and she got forwarded to that nurse's station, and from that nurse's station, they gave the call to their daughter. The staff people are surprised. One of them in the surprise was kind of actually really delighted, and so she, they helped her with the phone. She couldn't use her hand very well. It's kind of twisted, so they put the phone between the cheek and her wrist, and she held the phone to her face. And no one could really understand all the words that she's saying because her speech was, was garbled and made some strange sounds at times. But as she's talking on the phone, it was almost as if you knew that her mother was understanding what she was saying. They were having a conversation that mother, after all these years, has come to interpret and understand what her daughter's saying. She couldn't talk well. But I knew it was a beautiful interaction. The call lasted maybe a few minutes But the end must have been even more beautiful to this this daughter who's in this hospital. Beautiful to her ear and, and to her heart because when she smiled, this lady smiled with the phone, when she smiled, it was like her whole body was smiling. It was truly beautiful. Her mother... And we can imagine this, if she's like any other mother that we know, or if we were the people speaking to our beloved one who is far away in a hospital, if it's the only thing that we could say, what would we say? We'd want to say to our child, go ahead and get some rest now. We'd want to say that we love them. And we'd also want to tell them, but we're going to see you again soon. Maybe like, I'll see you tomorrow. So if she's listening to the phone, I can just imagine her mom saying, go ahead and get some rest. I love you. I'll see you soon. Having heard those words, this lady in the hospital, she gently returned the phone to the staff person. And then she peacefully made her way to the room. And there she rested and waited for the day to see her mom. A promise of a mother to her little girl. A daughter holding on to a promise. A beautiful interaction during a very difficult time. That is more than an evening happening just in my life 19 years ago. It's insight to how we can hold on to the words of our Heavenly Father. To the words that jesus gave us how we can hope in the midst of a storm and how we can trust that he's going to keep his word mark 13 verses 26 to 27 again at that time men will see the son of man coming in clouds with great power and glory And He will send His angels to gather His elect from the ends of the earth, from the ends of heaven, from the four winds. Heaven and earth will pass away. But the words of Jesus, they will never pass away. So what are these words we hold on to? If His words won't pass away, what is it that you and I are to hold on to? Regardless of what the world says, regardless of whether we have freedom to be Christians today or we lose it tomorrow, whether we have good economy or the economy is tanked, whether we have hurricanes and tornadoes and good things or we have the total destruction of everything we know. Regardless of that, what do we hold on to? And it's clearly the words in Scripture, but specifically you can say, what did Jesus say? This year we've been in the book of Mark. We'll just start with that. The book of Mark. Mark chapter 1. Jesus tells His friends, the kingdom of heaven is near. It's like right here. I'm I'm that. Repent, which means turn your face. Face the Lord. Face the Lord your God. Face heaven and believe the good news. The good news that I am coming. That I am here and that my work on the cross is sufficient to save you. It is sufficient to forgive you of your sins. I will forgive you. This is good news. You will not be separated from my Father in heaven for all eternity. I have remedied that. Believe the good news. Chapter 1, verse 15. Chapter 2. Jesus says to a paralyzed man in the presence of the friends, not only does He say, pick up your mat and walk, but He says, your sins are forgiven. So if you're going to remember the words of Jesus, remember that He, one, has the power to heal you, but more importantly, He has the power to forgive you. And that's an eternal thing. That lasts much longer than the capacities of these bodies. Because even that paralyzed man, after he is healed, he still had his body go to the dirt. His healing only lasted so long, but his forgiveness of sins was for all eternity. These are the words we're to hold on to chapter 4 he says let us go to the other side church go to the places where the people that don't believe are even if you don't think they're going to receive you well go to the gentile side jewish people and there tell them the good news and he tells them and they do it and along the way there's a storm that's going to sink their boat and kill them and he says to the storm be still And the wind and the waves and the creation obeyed these are the words we hold on to church When he asks, what are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Church, we say, I believe. Help my unbelief. Chapter 5, he says to the man, come out the evil spirits. Jesus is commanding evil spirits. He says to the woman who has been plagued for 18 years, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Oh, that's a tremendous word, peace. She hasn't known peace for a long time. How many people do you know in this world around you right now that are lacking peace? Maybe it's yourself. You wake up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, are you longing to have peace? Jesus says to us, your faith will heal you. Go in peace. Be healed from your suffering. Those are the words He says. Chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse 36. Don't be afraid, just believe. Jesus' words, don't be afraid. Believe. Chapter 6, this is another beautiful. One. He says, Jesus' words, come to me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. How many people in our world, ourselves, and the people around us are just exhausted. And we've done it to ourselves. We keep our lives and our world so busy, we're so distracted with the busyness and the, and the, the, the hobbies and the people and what, the TVs and the electro- whatever it is. We're so busy with that that we are tired. And we want to have rest, but the places we're finding, seeking rest, aren't even restful. And he says to us in here, chapter 6, verse 31, come with me. If you want rest, go to Jesus. First, find a quiet place and go with Jesus. There you can have rest. Apart from him, you will not have rest. Chapter 8. He tells the one who distracted him, who says, oh, Jesus, please don't go to the cross. He tells Peter, get behind me, Satan. When any of us are hindering the work of God, shame on us. Our church last week voted and affirmed our mission, our reason and purpose. Our reason and purpose is to personally know Jesus and to make him known. And any way we can help to do that, we'll do. As long as we're needed to do that, we'll contribute. As long as our contribution is needed, then we'll step aside and we'll cheer the next person on. We are as a team, as a people, to do those things. And to hear He made sure He stayed on, fa- on, on task. Chapter 9, this is, this is our ch- chapter 10. This is like, if you're going to highlight this one in your Bibles, chapter 10, verses 31. Circle this in big, bold colors. The highlight of the book. With man, it is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. If you ever look in the mirror and say, God, how can you love me? I know my motives, and I know you know my motives. I know my goals, my agendas, my selfishness, my pride, my laziness, my greed. My, I know all of that, Lord. It's impossible. And you see chapter 10, verse 37 you can remember, yeah, for you. In the mirror, it's impossible. It's not impossible for God. And on the cross, He wins. These are the words, some of the words we're to hold on to. It continues. We're going to flip books just for the sake. If you want it to hear what Jesus said, go to Matthew and Luke and John as well. John will give you some beautiful ones. John 3.17 God didn't send His Son to the world to condemn the world. He sent His Son to save the world. Jesus came to save us. That is tremendous news. Hold on to those words amidst all the lies in the world. Hold on to those words. Chapter 11 of John. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die, whoever they will, they will, lives and believes in me they will never die. He's saying that if your body goes to dirty, I, I created your life and I've got your life for all eternity. Believe in me. Trust me. And the last thing out of John that we can hold on to, this is something to hold on to, to Thomas after the resurrection. He comes and he finds Thomas. He finds them all actually. And the words he says to him, he says, peace be with you. Their world's a mess. Their world's coming in complete disarray and Jesus gives them words to hold on to. Peace be with you. There's no war between us. There's no animosity. There's no disappointment. I love you. Peace. Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands. I was crucified, but I'm alive. Thomas, put your hand into my side. I was pierced, but I'm alive, Thomas. Stop doubting and believe. When Jesus says, hold on to my words because they're the, heaven and earth will pass, but my words don't pass, these are the things that we remember. We've got loads of them to remember. We gather every Sunday to remember. We bring our friends here so that we can have them remember these strong words. Peace be with you. A physically handicapped and mentally ill young lady. She was in a hospital. She needed their help. Regardless of the place, regardless of the pressure of the system for her to let go of her hope, to abide by the institution's expectations, this woman moved to the Nurses Nation and she remained there until her mother called. So she could hear her mother say, Good night. Get some rest. I love you. I'll see you soon. With that kind of determination and hope, in our challenging environment, the church, we are, we are to remember Jesus' words with greater hope than a woman for a mother or a son for a father. We are to live as sons and daughters of God, as disciples and apostles for Jesus. Jesus. So we'll remember again verse, or chapter 13. We'll end with this. Verse 5. Watch out that no one deceives you. 26. At those times, you will see the man coming in clouds with great power and glory. He will send his angels to gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. And verse 31. Heaven and earth will pass away. But my words, they will never pass away. God, help us be a church that will never forget those words. And will always have our hope in Jesus. Amen. Let us confess our, fit, our, our faith. Let us confess our sins, but we've already done that. Forgive me. We'll use the words of the Apostles' <coughs> Creed. of sins the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting amen
2: let us pray for the people of god heavenly father you reign as king forever protect your church from false teaching and scandalous living set your son jesus as a light to all people lord in your mercy Hear Hear our our prayer. prayers. lord jesus christ you came into the world to bear witness to the truth Open the mouths of all servants of your word. Enable them to speak your truth boldly. Let them proclaim how much you love us. Thank you for freeing us from our sins by your death on the cross. Raise us up and other new workers to spread your word and speak your promises. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Holy Spirit of God, in this fallen world, creation groans with many disasters restore the livelihood of those who have suffered such disasters as floods, tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes and fires. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Lord, we praise you and say thank you for all the blessings you have poured out on upon us. We rejoice with those celebrating birthdays, anniversaries and other joyous events. Lord, in your mercy, hear, hear our, our prayer. prayer. Lord, send faith, strength and healing to all who are sick injured and recovering. Today we remember Luke, Kurt and family, Jeff, Jim, Greg, Mary, Dallas, Jacob, Beverly, Jill, Bradley, Melanie, Luther, Roy, George, Brian, Alec, Kevin, Randy, Dana, Lindsay, Dina, and Giselda, and those we name in our hearts. Remove their fear and help them to look forward to their full and final healing at the appearing of your Son. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer.
1: Into your loving arms, Heavenly Father, we commend all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.